Blog Talk Radio. We believe in the American way, and we built this country called the USA, and we fly our flag because we're proud and free, we're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life. Never back down from a challenge or a fight. Nature provides, God gives the rights, we're Americans. Make up America, but it's amazing America. Welcome, patriots, to our Convention of States podcast, titled, That Provident Article, a reference given to Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution by James Madison. Our opening theme music is Amazing America, used by permission of Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band and endorsers of the Convention of States project. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the U.S. Constitution, the amending provision with a general view on the phrase Convention for Proposing Amendments and specific focus on the Convention of States Project. For more information regarding the Convention of States Project, please visit www.conventionofstates.com. My name is Paul Hodson, and I've been a volunteer with the Convention of States Project in Texas since early 2014. Our goal is to continually educate ourselves on Article 5, to bring timely information relating to the Convention of States Article 5 movement and to promote the use of Article 5 to rein in our federal government. Our contact information here at That Provident Article, my email address, texasdc for hd 58 at gmail.com. That's Texas, D is in district, C is in captain, the number 4, H is in house, D is in district, the number 5, the number 8, at gmail.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is the same, at TexasDC for HD58. You can go to our Blog Talk Radio website, blogtalkradio.com, TexasDC for HD58. And we're on iTunes now. You can search for that Provident article and you'll find us out on iTunes. Uh, a reminder, our call-in number for the call-in portion of the show, 914-205-5632. We're an amazing America. And good afternoon, patriots, here on September 26th. We've got the news from the Convention of States coming up. A very busy week again, a a, a disruptive week personally for me with the Convention of States. Uh, My presentation will deal with some of that as well. But the the news here I wanted to cover, uh, and I want to give, again, an encouragement to go out to the news site on the Convention of States uh, website, the the pull-down from the the news and, and the about section. Uh, one of the things you can do with some of the different articles, you may have friends, uh, contacts who have different views or different concerns uh, about our government and there are and the overreach of the federal government. And there are various stories which get which are put out there, which you may think, hey, that's the perfect one for me to send or to link to uh, for this person, or something you may think in your circle of of friends on the social media sites, let me post this one, let me post a link to this, get some folks interested in the Convention of States. Uh, So here's some of the things which are posted out on the site this week. The Citizens for Self-Governance founder, Mark Meckler, and of course also the, uh, the 
head of the Convention of States project. He was featured at a Convention of States event in New Mexico, which was covered by uh, the local media, the local television station, and uh, the, the link to their story, uh, it's like a two-minute segment, uh, is is available on our website. So that's a, a great uh, way to show some friends, you know, here's how some some uh, TV station in New Mexico is reporting on the Convention of States. Uh, a very favorable uh, segment, by the way. Uh, there's a new Gallup poll out. 49% of the respondents to this say that the federal government poses, quote, an immediate threat to the rights and freedoms of ordinary citizens, unquote. Now, that's right up our alley, folks, to to prime us to uh, tell our friends, hey, we've got a solution for this. The, the Constitution has a solution for this. And the four most common reasons that were given, the federal government is too big, there are violations of civil liberties, uh, violations of the Second Amendment, and too much involvement in people's private lives. Again, an opportunity to link to a story that uh, you can show your friends, you can show your followers on social media. Um, there's a story out here about the FBI refusing to cooperate in the court review of the emails from Hillary Clinton. Um, this story doesn't seem to go away. There seems to be corruption all over the place in this uh, in this ongoing saga with uh, Mrs. Clinton. Um, and you know there seems to be story one after the other each week that you could point to and say, uh, you know, look, look at how the uh, the uh, government is not even policing itself. Uh, how can we trust them to be uh, policing an, an oversight of us? Uh, some big news here within the Convention of States is that we've introduced an Instagram account. Um, Laura Fennig has, has placed uh, some information there on what you need to do to get an app onto your phone or onto your iPad or, or tablet. Um, and Instagram is another social media uh, device or application in which uh, it's it's all video or or picture. It's all uh, visual driven. There there isn't places for for a lot of text. And what Convention of States wants is some participation, uh, some contributions from us, those who are volunteers, those who are supporters. Uh, anything you have which is showing your supporters in action, uh, even if it's your uh, state representatives, state senators, if they're uh, speaking especially about Convention of States. Go ahead and send that to that to uh, Laura's account, which she provides in that link on this on the uh, news news story there. And then finally, um, something probably to look forward to each week, I would suspect, is Michael Ferris's list of the ten worst Supreme Court decisions of all time. And this was posted as a link as episode one. Now, uh, like I said, my my week was disrupted several times, and one of those times was actually yesterday, Friday, when. Uh, I was told at the last moment or or invited at the last moment on Thursday to come hear Mike Ferris up in Dallas. Um, and he actually, during his talk, uh, gave us a preview of all ten of the worst Supreme Court decisions. But uh, if I remember reading this, this story out on the site, uh, it, he just covers the first one. Uh, one of the things to uh, be prepared for in that is that he's not going to look for uh, just the, the easy ones to pick out, uh, although a couple of those come to mind. Uh, you know, Roe v. Wade's going to be up there, but one that isn't going to be up there is Obamacare because Mike really digs in deep to where what were the underlying decisions that the Supreme Court has relied upon, which have laid the groundwork for these ten worst Supreme Court decisions of all time. Uh, a very, very insightful uh, look at the Supreme Court, how it works, 
how decisions made, even the right decisions made in the wrong way, uh, will lay foundations for decades and decades of abuse by the, the, the executive branch, the legislative branch, and obviously the judicial branch of our federal government. Okay, we're going to head on to the presentation, and we're going to change pace here. We're going to change direction. Um, this past week, uh, I had multiple interruptions where Convention of States was concerned, uh, so the plan originally was to go forward with our James Madison series on his, his view of that phrase, a convention for proposing amendments, and uh, we were going to be heading into the section on the Alien and Sedition Acts, uh, Madison's response with the Virginia Resolution, kind of accompanied with uh, Jefferson's response in the Kentucky Resolution, the idea of interposition, how Madison then walked that back and uh, again came to the conclusion that Article 5 was the, the means for properly addressing those issues of federal overreach. However, uh, my week uh, was interrupted uh, at least twice with Convention of States uh, stuff uh, for me in particular, my district in uh, Texas. I'm in Texas Senate District 22. I have a fantastic state senator in Senator Brian Birdwell. Uh, in fact, I would encourage all of you out in the in the nation, if you're unaware of who he is, go ahead and Google that name and read some of his backstory. Uh, just a uh, a very blessed uh, man of God who uh, serves us here in Texas uh, extremely well. Uh, anyway, we've been pursuing having uh, a meeting with him uh, for quite some time. During the session, that was that was just not possible except for uh, a meeting we had with him and Senator Coburn last February. But uh, since we're uh, out of session now, um, he was gracious enough uh, on a fairly short notice to invite us, you know, State Director Tamara Colbert and myself, to his office in Granbury, Texas for a meeting on Wednesday. I found out a very late Monday afternoon, scrambled my schedule. Uh, Tamara scrambled her schedule. Uh, we made it down there. The meeting was scheduled to last uh, an hour from 3 to 4 in the afternoon. Uh, we were there until past 5.30. Uh, Senator Birdwell is just a, a very, very uh, learned man. He is a history buff, and he can recite facts and context uh, like very few people you will meet. Um, these things happen, so uh, with that happening, then with again another late uh, interruption, late Thursday afternoon, being invited to an event uh, up in Dallas in which Mike Ferris was coming to teach constitutional literacy to uh, homeschooling educators, uh, and I had an opportunity to bring my 15-year-old son and to go help with Convention of States work uh, at that event. Uh, those all combined to, to uh, interrupt my uh, typical podcast, podcast preparation. And uh, I was getting a little frantic, and then I just thought, you know what, I'm going to take the experience I've had this week and use that to discuss uh, where we're going to head this week with uh, meeting with your, your state legislators, because that is one of the big challenges we have as supporters uh, and volunteers for the Convention of States. So the presentation, we're going to look at slide one. Again, we're going to go over uh, the pertinent uh, information in Article 5 to the Convention of States. The Congress on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states, shall call a convention for proposing amendments which shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states or by conventions in three-fourths thereof, as the one or the other mode of ratification may be proposed by the Congress. And then again, our, our Convention of States application 
The legislature of your state applies to Congress under the provisions of Article 5 of the Constitution of the United States for the calling of a convention of the states limited to proposing amendments to the Constitution of the United States that impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and limit the terms of office for its officials and for members of Congress. And another reminder here on slide three of the context of these presentations, we are trying to provide you footholds, handholds as you climb that uh, rock wall of Article 5, the opposition, the uh, various questions you'll get, just the curiosity questions. It isn't always just opposition. We want to give you as much information as possible, and that's why today we're, we're going to look at some practical information you may get from your supporters, your volunteers around the state, people that you speak with around the state at, at various uh, group meetings you go to, at various functions, uh, events. A lot of those things go around on fall festivals. Uh, you know, How do I get a meeting with my state legislator? And uh, I've got a picture here on slide four of uh, at the meeting we had this, this past Wednesday with Senator Birdwell. Uh, he had an impromptu uh, quick lesson for us on constitutional federalism. And you can see his diagram on the whiteboard. He's got uh, on the, le the top left box is a series. You know, it's supposed to be an iteration of the states, Texas and New Hampshire. And I can't remember who else he referenced there. But it, it's supposed to represent all 50 states. They created the federal government. And uh, you can see the dotted line off to the right, the F for the federal government. They are the authority over the county. They are the authority over the city, those direct lines down. And then uh, the city has that indirect line to the school districts. We have independent school districts out here in Texas. Uh, some states have what they call unified school districts. Um, that's that's very, very high-level overview of uh, constitutional federalism as defined in our Constitution. And uh, he gives a great... Uh, a great speech on that at our uh, at our hearing on Memorial Day, and I'm going to include the audio from that hearing. The first voice you're going to hear is uh, our biggest opponent in the state Senate here in Texas, uh, Senator Craig Estes. It's the tail end of his testimony. Uh, you're then going to hear the uh, State Affairs Chairman, Joan Huffman. Uh, She's going to go ahead and recognize Senator Birdwell, who was at that moment uh, presenting uh, our companion bill, which was our delegate accountability bill, uh, but actually they were just dealing with Article 5 uh, in general in broad terms. He's going to give his response. This is a video that's out on YouTube as well, but I'm going to have, obviously, for a podcast, the audio. So this is Senator Birdwell's response, and he's going to include in there that is. It is the states which created the federal government. So uh, he's well-versed on this, and this is my wonderful state senator, Brian Birdwell. I just want to add one thing. If this bill comes to the floor, I most likely will filibuster and bring everything else down with it. That is how dangerous I think this is. Members, I'm glad we're having this hearing. I wish I had another hundred tags to tag this bill because it's wrong and it could endanger our Constitution and the country we love. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Estes. Other than that, it's a pretty good bill. Madam Chair. Oh, you are sure you're recognized. Thank you, Madam Chair. Let me respond this way, if I may. Um, Senator Estes, four years ago in 2011, I too was concerned about the methodology of how, in fact, you and I and Senator Nelson were the three uh, Republicans that voted against the measure in 2011. You mentioned Memorial Day, 
and that day's pretty personal to me too because I got friends buried in Arlington and a lot of other places around this country. And what they died for wasn't just simply the foundation of the nation, but the preservation and maintenance of those freedoms. An Article 5 call to propose amendments to the Constitution is a weapon system that the states have. If I face a belligerent opponent on the battlefield, I do not impose my will upon him by taking my biggest weapon system off the table. Nothing will compare, uh, compel a belligerent opponent to bend to your will if you take that weapon system off the table. We are at a precipice that I think that this threat not only is sufficient enough to consider this, the real check on a out-of-control convention, as you mentioned, that we, quote, won't have any control over it, is 38 states have to ratify whatever they do. I can tell you what an out-of-control federal government looks like, and it looks like the way it is right now. If 38 states decide to go over the cliff with them, so be it. But the only way we're going to save this republic, I believe, is to get about the process of the states regaining and recontrolling the federal government because it is the states that created the federal government. It is the states that must control it if our individual representatives in the federal legislature can't do it. And to take this off the table will not give us in any way, shape, or form anything from the federal Congress that we want because we will tell them we are not serious about the problems that we face in Washington, D.C. So I respectfully, very respectfully, to my friend, brother in Christ and colleague, disagree. Thank you. So uh, I, never, uh, I will never stop uh, you know, touting my wonderful state senator, Brian Birdwell. Um, you heard him there, a great defense of Article 5 of the framers um, providing that for us because it is the state's that created the federal government, and, and the federal government needs to be accountable to the states. So on to slide number five, just some, some very practical uh, practical methods of meeting with your state legislator. How do I get a meeting with this person, with this man, this woman? Uh, they seem to be elusive at times. Um, you know, the real simple uh, explanation, go where they go. Find out where they're at. Um, and you know, the first and foremost is at party functions. They will show up at monthly meetings, your your local uh, probably county meeting, uh, especially during campaign season. They're going to be there. You get a chance to introduce yourself. Uh, district captains, if you don't have an opportunity to go there, find somebody who's uh, active, one of your active supporters, who's uh, in actually involved in the party. Uh, you know, as a precinct chair, perhaps you may have a county chair. Um, they, there are other various offices, you know, vice chair, treasurer, secretary. Uh, some of those folks, uh, the state legislator is going to know these people. You have the opportunity to go and get to know these people, meet them, you know, on a monthly basis, uh, on a quarterly basis, at the functions they go to. Get involved in the in your party uh, at the local and the state conventions. Uh, you're going to get, uh, you know, this is it, the uh, squeaky wheel, the the squeaky wheel gets the grease, uh, this is what you do. You've got to uh, show up and have your face and show that you're involved in the party. That seems to be uh, something in which grassroots folks are very averse to. They they don't like the party, and I do understand that uh, greatly. There is much to uh, be upset about with the parties. Um, but fundamentally, we are attempting to get some folks to vote for some legislation, and these folks 
are in parties. They're in political parties. And they appreciate other people who are supporters who are within the political party and within the system. Um, you're going to have to make some decisions and uh, reconcile with yourself um, what is a hill to die on and what isn't, uh, what you're comfortable doing and what you're not. And uh, this is a big issue we are tackling. So I would recommend you you do some soul searching and decide if you can get involved even a little bit. You know, just showing up monthly is is enough. You don't have to go out and knock on doors. Uh, if you want to, that's fine. Uh, but you don't have to be highly involved. There are only handfuls of people who actually attend these things regularly. And if you show up regularly, uh, you will be you will be noticed. People will get to know you, and the legislators will get to know you. Campaign appearances. Again, in campaign season, and uh, we have campaign season for a lot of the legislators around here uh, locally and at state levels, even with the presidential campaign. There's going to be forums and debates, especially in contested races during primaries and certainly during the general election. Uh, go there. See if you can find uh, the people who are moderating. Get them to ask questions about the federal overreach and see if you can even get one in a specific question in about Article 5. Get some folks on record. Get them to speak about it. Get them to uh, show that they have a puzzled look, that they don't know what you're, what you're asking about. Whatever it takes. And uh, again, at these appearances, the candidates are going to be available to you uh, both before and after these uh, forums or debates to speak with you, shake their hand, introduce yourself, uh, speak about the Convention of States. Um, these are great opportunities to break some ground on meeting with them, uh, get some opportunities to then say, you know, I'd like to speak with you further. Can I schedule, can we schedule a meeting at some point? Uh, they make local civic appearances at their Kiwanis Club. Uh, some of them speak at 9-12 clubs, at Tea Party groups, uh, at, you know, the, the local Rotary uh, whatever, if you know people who are involved there, supporters who are involved there, get them to introduce themselves. Again, bring up this topic of, hey, I'm here, you know, I support, you may support them for various things, but say, you know, and I'm also involved with the Convention of States project. We, we'd like you to meet with our district captain. We'd like you to meet with our state director, uh, whatever that is. Or you'd say, you know, I, I'd like to meet with you on that uh, if you're just a supporter. Uh, district captains, this really goes out to you to uh, get involved, show up at these places as you can. Stop by their local district offices. You know, uh, legislators will have local offices uh, in in the various cities. If they've got a very very large district, like our state senators have have huge districts, they'll have two or three local district offices because we're talking uh, in some cases, you know, dozens and dozens, if not even hundreds of miles of distance that their that their uh, district covers, and they've got to have local offices because uh, their their constituents just can't travel that far to go see them. Show up. Get to know their staff. Uh, you know, get on a first name basis so that they know you. That they know when uh, when you show up. Um, boy, it works wonders to be able to to get in and to to get an audience with your state legislature or your state legislator. And finally, the state capital office. If you can visit there, boy, I highly recommend you get to your state capital. Uh, get to know the staff there. Uh, especially if you've been doing phone calls, you get a chance to introduce yourself in person, uh, put a name with a face, they'll put a name with a face. Um, you know, nothing beats going down to the state capitol and uh, seeing, first of all, how things kind of function down there, uh, the stress that they are under, the uh, the frenzy at times that goes on uh, when uh, session is, is uh, going on, uh, just how busy they can be, um, and... You know, go ahead and introduce yourself. Get involved down there. It is a fascinating, fascinating experience. 
for the phone and contact information with email, you know, a, a couple of uh, a couple of notes we always have. Be nice. Remember, we want their vote. Um, you start off and you get angry because they aren't supporting you right now. We want to persuade them to vote and to support us. So always be nice. Uh, be nice not with the state legislators, but with their office staff. You know, you want to have them have a remembrance of you that that was the professional organization. We don't want to be like other organizations which berate them even when uh, they disagree with us. You know, we want to leave information. We want to give them the opportunity that if they come around, if they are persuaded, they feel like they will be welcomed. So be nice. Get to know these folks. Have have conversations about whatever might be pertinent to them. You know, don't just leave it with the Convention of States. If they're, if, if this state legislator really is running with an issue that's uh, a big deal, get to know a little bit about them, um, and be relentless. You know, phone contacts and emails. We had a district captain here at the, the in the Speaker of the House's district who is uh, known to be extremely difficult to be in, to be in contact with. He emailed and phoned every day four months, from the beginning of January into May, uh, and we got an audience with him. Uh, that was being relentless. Again, be nice, but be relentless. If you folks have some other ideas, uh, we'd certainly be happy to hear them. We can discuss them on the phone call. You can email me through uh, the contact information we have. Uh, on to slide number six, which is just our attribution. Um, and, and all I have for this uh, this week's presentation is that uh, YouTube video of uh, Senator Estes. It's, it's titled... And I did not put this out on YouTube, folks. Oh, I think one of our other district captains did. Uh, we were just so frustrated with Senator Estes. It, it's called uh, Estes Threat and Birdwell's Epic Response. And I put the uh, full link on YouTube out there uh, if you happen to be able to capture it from the image. And we have time for a couple minutes for phone calls. A, a reminder again, our guest call in line is 914-205-5632. Real briefly, the ground rules. Uh, speak with respect. You know, no foul language. Don't shout or yell or get, uh, you know, abusive with your language. Uh, keep to the subject, and we want to encourage dialogue. So pause and listen to each other. Let's open the phone lines. Okay, and uh, no phone calls today. Um, we only have a minute or so to go before uh, we have to close up the, the uh, segment anyway, and and close up our our episode for this week. Um, the plan for next week is to cover again, to jump back into our series on James Madison, looking at all that he thought of Article 5, all that he thought of a convention for proposing amendments throughout his life uh, from the convention forward. Um, and we're going to be taking a look specifically at the Alien and Sedition Act and then his response with the Virginia Resolution, uh, one of those areas, again, where the opponents point to in which, look, James Madison came up with this idea of interp interposition. Uh, Thomas Jefferson kind of followed suit, uh, an even stronger position on nullification with the Kentucky uh, Resolution. Uh, next week, I anticipate we're going to be looking just at the context again, the historical context of the Alien and Sedition Acts before we even jump in to, to look at Madison's response to that and what that meant. But for now, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and, as always, have Madison Rising play us out with the Star-Spangled Banner. And that's a wrap for this episode of That Provident Article. I'd like to thank Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band, for playing us out with the Star-Spangled Banner. Be sure to visit their website at madisonrising.com and check them out on iTunes or Amazon Music. Also, thanks go out to Mark Meckler, founder and president of Citizens for Self-Governance, and Michael Ferris, 
head of the Convention of States Project. And more thanks to our state leadership team here in Texas. Don Glacy, our membership coordinator. Martin Harry, our legislative liaison. Tom Dowdy, our coalition's director. And Tamara Colbert, our state director. These patriots have put in thousands of hours of volunteer time for the cause of liberty, and I count it a great privilege to work with them. Because we are the brave. Yes, we are the brave. We'll fight you in day. The name of the brave. We are the 